back to the Stick 'Em Up podcast. Brundy, what do we got this week going on in the NHL? Oh, we got a decent amount of stuff to to cover today. Um, before we do that, just do a couple quick um, things here before we hop into some NHL action. Uh, so currently, as we are recording this, um, we are planning in the next day or two to do a whole World Juniors wrap-up. Um, as the gold and bronze medal games uh, will take place tomorrow. Um, so, you know, we'll kind of do a whole wrap-up of the tournament in itself, but I think it would be a good idea if we just uh, quickly look at the games and uh, give out our predictions for for how we think they're going to go. Um, right. So the bronze medal game is between Czechia and Finland, and the gold medal game is taking place afterwards between the United States and Sweden. So what are your uh, initial thoughts on those games? Who do you think's coming out on top? Um I I'm, I'm definitely taking Czechia in uh in the bronze medal game. Uh I know before I said they had a decent chance against Canada. Uh I also said I didn't really think they were going to beat Canada, but they they had a chance and they took it. So I definitely think they're going to beat Finland. Um the gold medal game feels a bit harder to call, but I I think I'm gonna have to take America in this one. Okay, so I'm I'm the exact opposite. I I think Finland and Sweden are gonna come out on on top in those two games. Okay, all right. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're not gonna dive too far into it because you know we're we're gonna kind of do a whole wrap up of the tournament because there's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff we haven't covered on it that uh, we don't have time for today. So we'll make sure to cover all that. Um, so I'll be interested to see how our how our uh, predictions come out, you know, being on the opposite sides of both would be interesting to see how those, those go. Yeah. It'll be interesting if one of, if uh, we both just go one and one or if it's two and Oh, on uh, either side. Uh, yeah. Especially this year, it, it feels really hard to call. There's, there's been so many yeah. upsets and all, all the teams have a lot of skill and it's, it's really just whoever wakes up on the right side of the bed that day, really. Yeah, exactly. Right. Could, could go either way. Um, both going to be fantastic games. And uh, it'll be interesting to see when, when it's all said and done and we're, we're breaking it down, how it all shakes up. Um, and then other than that, uh, just on January 1st um, was the very first ever game of the Professional Women's Hockey League uh, that took place. So that was kind of a, uh, a, a cool moment. Uh, first game was between New York and Toronto. Uh, which resulted in New York winning that game four to nothing. Uh, it, it, honestly, it's it's actually. I, I mean, it, it's like it, it's it's good though. Like I it like was, the way that they're it doing was really it. Really good. Oh my god! Like yeah. there's there is like by the rules not supposed to be hitting. There was a lot of freaking hitting in that game. Yeah. Like there, there were there was there quite were... a bit. There were shoulders getting thrown all over the place, so that it was it was really fun to watch. I absolutely love their uh, they have a separate rule book, and among other a uh, few other things, uh, if you score on the penalty kill, uh, that gets rid of the other team's power play. Yeah, and I think that is a that is a really cool idea. I I like it. I just hope the NHL never brings it over. Um. And then also the other thing, the thing I, I do like is they're doing the the three two one zero point system, yeah. which I think is quite uh, I quite like that. That's something I would be okay with 
the NHL um, bringing in. I, I don't think they ever will. I think they're, or at least not within the foreseeable future, at yeah. least. Yeah, I'd like them to, but I, I don't think they will. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's good to see that the, the league is now underway. They're getting a great turnout from from you know the the people like they're they're filling the the crowd it's a great atmosphere there so uh it looks like some big things are to come for uh for that league and it's going to be very exciting to, to keep an eye on it yeah and uh this this definitely isn't the first time that you know people have tried to put together a professional women's league in north america but uh this is the first time that i've seen this much outward uh support uh, not just from fans, but from like a lot of players. Like, there's so many players that are openly like, "This is awesome! I can't wait to see this." Yeah, and so yeah, exactly. That's good to see as well, for sure. Yeah, uh, but other than that, that that was just kind of just wanted to to touch on those two things outside of the NHL. Now we can uh, we can dive uh, into some some NHL one action. More, I do have one okay. more thing outside the NHL. Um, okay, ex NHL player Nick Ritchie. Um, I don't know if you saw, but he was given an eight-game suspension for quote violent conduct. Uh, yeah, I did the see that. Finnish league, and it it was pretty bad. Like, he, yeah, he hit a dude in the corner, and honestly, the hit was fine. I think, but the yeah. the, the guy went down to the ice, and they just kept shoving the dude in the back of the head, and like, it it just looked really dangerous. It looked really stupid. Uh. I, yeah. I don't know. That guy must have said something to make him lose his marbles like that. But yeah, yeah, something must. I mean, like, there's no justifying what he did, but like, something had to have happened previously in the play or previously in the game to do that. Cause like, we've seen Nick Ritchie in NHL. Like, he's not the type of guy to go out there and just purposely try to injure someone and pull something like that. So again, not giving him a pass for what he did, but there, there had to have been something that happened previously in the game to lead up to that. Yeah, you're. You're, you're at least kind of hoping so. Like, it sounds weird to say, but, you know, you hope he didn't just, like, for no reason do it. Yeah, but, uh, exactly. Sounded like the other guy was fine. Sounded like he was okay, so. There's yeah, I didn't hear anything of, of him being injured or, or, like, out long-term or anything, so thankfully no, he was able to. I don't to... think he was injured. I think it was just a potentially dangerous play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I believe fuck Nick Ritchie for that one. <laughs> yeah, I believe that's uh, it for outside the NHL. What a crazy turnaround for him. You know, he's gets thrown out there in the shootout with the flame season on the line to now take an eight game suspensions in the Finnish league. Like, oof. yeah, that's tough. Within a year. Not only not only that, the Spangler Cup is currently actually I don't even know if it's currently going on still right now. I haven't heard much about it lately, but like he didn't even get offered to go go play for canada and that so that's also a big slap in the face for him as well yeah. so i kind of thought he would be a, a slam dunk to to be on that team but nope guess not nope uh what do we got next what do you want to what do you want to dive into because we, we, we got a lot we got a lot here so we can kind of we can go in order we can kind of jump around or uh, I feel around. like we could just uh, we could probably just go top down for the most of these. Top down sounds that yeah, works works for me. Uh, you can cover this one because this is your boy here, your guy, your best yeah. friend. We'll be talking about. Oh yeah. Uh, so 
during a media availability, uh, John Tortorella was uh, talking about uh, coaching his 1500th NHL game. Uh, so to congrats to him on that. Um, <laughs> but he had a really good quote where he just said to the media guys, I like being with the athletes. I like being in that locker room. Everything else about the game I can't stand. I can't stand being out here with you guys. Uh, that part being directed at all the media people in attendance. Uh, and then afterwards he asked, like, can I go now? Like, he was he was very much uh, fulfilling his contractual obligation to talk to them, and he was letting them yeah. go. Yeah, so. and that's the best that part, is like, you, you know he's not, he's not even kidding. Yeah. Like, which, which makes it, like, that much better. Yeah, and he's he's not even like, you know, it's nothing personal against any one of you guys. It's just, I don't like this. Can I go? Yeah. Which well, we and have all been there. One, reporters now and now, they they know Tortorella. They know what he's about. So the, the, they go in with a mission to hammer him with the questions to really dig in there and, and get a reaction out of him. Uh, like, like, you can, like, just watching the way that a lot of these reporters talk to uh you know, other coaches or players versus Tortorella, they're some of them go in there at the intention of trying to rile him up and, uh, you know, get a good clip out of him or get a good reaction so they can, you know, in, get a lot of in, engagement on, on their stories and whatnot. So, yeah, I can, I can see why, why Torts isn't a, a fan of it. Uh, and good on him for, you know what, just standing his ground and being like, yeah, I'm not a fan of it. Yeah. He, and, you know, that's such a real answer. You know, I like being with the players. I, I like coaching hockey. I don't like being paraded around. That's yeah. That's a very uh, hockey player's mentality, for sure. Yeah, exactly, right? Um, oh, this one's funny. I'll let, you, I'll let you do this one. This one's just tough, man. It's I, so I funny. Just, I'm hoping he's at least still getting his good money, because uh, Jack Campbell is... Uh, recently lost the starting job in uh bakersfield in the ahl yeah he was that's he was tough the starter and then their backup and then down to the ahl and now he's not even the starter down there like yeah that's that's tough for him i just a complete fall off i don't like it's not even like when he was with toronto like i know toronto loved to you know like suck him off and act like he's the greatest, but, but it, he, he wasn't like he was at average goalie. And, and I mean, he still could have been at least a serviceable backup, I would think for the Oilers, but to now go down to the AHL and, you know, it's not working. And now he's the backup. It's like, you know, you, you just got to feel like they're, it's they're, rough. there might be something more going on. Like, again, we never know as players. Cause I, I mean, like he's not a good goalie, but he's not a terrible goalie. Like, he's not an AHL backup goalie. Yeah. So he hopefully, whatever it is, he league, you would think so. Yeah. yeah. You gotta wonder if something's going on. Um. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought he was better than he was because after that year in Toronto, just because he was average for the most part throughout the year, except for I believe it was November. He just put up world-beating numbers in November. He had like a 960 save percentage for the month of November and average numbers yeah. outside of it. And I think, uh, you know, obviously being in Toronto, you get a lot of media coverage. So 
everyone's kept seeing all these great numbers and he's so good. And when he kept playing like the average Joe after that, it, uh, it uh, didn't really fall back as much after yeah. all the exposure. Average Joe being an average NHL caliber goaltender, obviously. So, yeah, no, I, I completely talented. agree with that. Yeah, it's a tough situation for him. And hopefully, you know, gets his shit figured out and can maybe find his way back to the Oilers. But like right now, that's a contract that's immovable for them. Uh, so they're, they're in a tough situation with him moving forward now. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Hopefully he turns it around. Uh, do you want to grab this next one? It involves one of your favorite teams. Oh, yes. Yes, I will glad uh, cover this one here. Um, so, uh, as, as it happens every year, um, the NHL has their winter classic game, uh, that takes place on the, the first of every year. And this year featured the two, um, expansion teams in the league, which I think is kind of cool, but also kind of a slap in the face to all these other teams that have uh, yet to have one. Um, but the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, played, and it was actually in Seattle which was quite cool. It was a cool atmosphere there. Uh, you know, everything about it was, was awesome from the entrances um, to, I mean, just the game itself and uh, the whole, you know, TNT broadcast thing. Um, but funny enough, actually, the Seattle Kraken ended up winning that game 3 nothing over the Vegas Golden Knights, which featured Joey Decord um, becoming the first goalie to record a shutout in the Winter Classic. Uh, which is is quite impressive in itself is, you know, that's never happened before. And uh, for a guy like Joey Decord to, to set that record is uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, and he's uh, he's quietly been having a really good year with uh, Seattle as well. So he has nice to get a bit of a highlight from that. From that game. Um, yeah, he, he's helped their their goaltender situation that they're in because it wasn't looking great for a bit. And he's uh, he's definitely helped uh, make it a little bit better for them. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the uh, the uh, Seattle's entrance? The Kraken? I liked it. I liked it with the fish being thrown and whatnot. I, th- I thought that was I thought that was really cool and awesome. I barely understand what the theme of it is with throwing the fish, but I absolutely loved it anyway. Like, well, they they have a massive fish market there. It's it's just that I wasn't sure if there was like yeah you know yeah a, a I got to throwing thing or if you know, that's some sort of tradition but yeah either way it, no yeah I thought it looked fun it looked cool like I saw some people complain about online but like I don't know it just it just seems like people yelling at other people having fun because they're not having fun with it you know yeah no yeah I I went and saw the the fish market when I was in Seattle one time and it's it's really cool but the thing is is like people will say that's you know, like, and I saw people ripping on that entrance and this and this, but it's like, okay, the Vegas Golden Knights, like, I'm, I'm sort of just, I'm just thinking of it as, as an example because they played them. But like, the Vegas Golden Knights, just for home games, will do a whole like high school musical thing and have like a, a play take place on the ice and have a duel and whatnot. And it's like, and people think that's, you know, they, they think that's fine. And they're like, oh, it's Vegas and whatnot. It's like, yeah, okay. They so they do that for regular season games. I think Seattle is allowed to ball out and do a cool thing for 
for a winter classic game that, you know, many teams have yet to ever even host one. And the fact that they're getting two already, why not ball out and make it a, a memorable thing? Like, yeah, I thought, I thought it was really awesome. People very often get on the NHL for not not marketing themselves enough or not marketing themselves well, not making as big of a presentation as it as they can, because a lot of the time you tune in and it's just kind of a hockey game, but you tune into an NBA game, you tune into a you know, a football game in the NFL, it's it's like this whole spectacle, you know? It's that WrestleMania style, like big fucking deal that they make out of it. And mm-hmm. it's it's fun to see the NHL do that. So it it rubs me the wrong way a little bit when Pete whenever they step out of their comfort zone to do something new, and then people are like, "Oh no, not like that." Yeah, and if it was something that was so out there and made no sense, and was just like they're doing it just for the sake of doing it, okay, I could see that. That's one thing, but the fact that it was something that that's a big part of Seattle and actually speaks a lot to the city itself, like I thought it was it it was such a perfect fit to do for and. If you're like in Detroit, they throw catfish on the ice. What so what's so bad about them throwing fish to each other before a, a game? Like yeah. these whoever whoever the, the people I don't know if they were actual like representatives of the NHL, if they were maybe even people who worked at 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 the market there, I don't know. But like for people to, you know, make a big deal about it, it's like you're just you're just getting angry and upset just for the sake of it. Like You've got no ground to to stand on in in being upset over something like that. Yeah. So I think good on on Seattle. I thought it was awesome. I thought they made it. Uh, you know, I thought they did quite well in presenting the the Winter Classic as a whole. Um, you know, they're really showing that that hockey is growing there in Seattle, and they they're making the the best of what they're the opportunities they're being given. So I I give them full props for it. Yeah. Yeah, completely agree on all that. And it's just funny seeing Vegas get shut out in a game like that. Oh, love yeah. it. Just Doesn't get any better than that. Good. Doesn't get better than that. Um, On uh, the second, uh, Steven Stamkos passed Vinny LeCavalier for most games played all time with the Tampa Bay Lightning at 1,038. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I did see that. So... Stick taps, congrats to to Stammer. Um, um what, what which one do we want to do next? Yeah, we got we got Well, I guess this next one is kind of a whole a whole yeah. thing, like the whole Yeah, it's easy to forget forget, but it's yeah, it's mostly one thing. Um do you wanna do you wanna kind of break this one down or do you want me to? Uh I can do this one. Um I've I've read up on it and watched uh, quite a few things on it. Uh, okay. But uh, so the Minnesota Wild and the Winnipeg Jets had two, I believe they were two separate games against each other back to back. Yeah. Uh, and in the first of those two games, at one point or another in a game, uh, Jets defenseman Brendan Dillon cross checked Kirill Kaprizov on the Wild uh, in the ribs. And he had to leave the game. It wasn't, it wasn't a super egregious uh, cross check. They happen fairly often, but I think it should have been at least two minutes. But like, people calling for a suspension on that is like that's just not where the game's at right now. Yeah. Um. But if you want to say it should be two minutes, I I will absolutely hear that. 
Um, but either way, K- Kirill Kaprizov, their top scorer, uh, is out for one to two weeks now. And the next game that they played against each other, um, this is this was reported by uh, Mike McIntyre, who I believe is the reporter for the Minnesota Wild, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I think so, yeah. But he uh, reported that... Um, I guess I should preface this part that uh, in later in the other uh, the second game, uh, Wild forward Ryan Hartman uh, high sticked uh, hit Cole Perfetti right in the face off a of face off uh, with his stick. Um, but after the game, uh, he, uh, they told the media, uh, Cole Perfetti told the media that Ryan Hartman flat out told him right before he did it at the face off that. I'm going to high stick you. And this is payback for the cross check last game. Yeah. And Cole Perfetti, uh, told them after the game, um, Rick Bones did comment that, uh, he would have done something about it during the game if he had known, but he didn't know until after the game, Rick Bones being the Winnipeg Jets head coach. Um, fuck. This is, that's crazy. Like, this is kind of a yeah. crazy story. I'm surprised I'm not seeing more about it. Like, he flat out told him, hey, one of your guys did our guy dirty. I'm about to smack you in the face with a stick. Which, he told him at the face-off. I don't know how far the ref is away, but first of all, the ref didn't hear it, apparently. Second, yeah. the ref somehow missed the high stick. Like, if you if you ever get a chance to see the clip, Cole Perfetti takes a normal face-off, wins it back to his defenseman. Fucking Ryan Hartman doesn't go for the puck at all, sits there for half a second, stick goes straight up into his face. Like, Yeah, I don't know how the rest of He doesn't try and sell it as anything else. And it's a very wild scenario to me. Um, One other thing that is, I definitely understand it, but is very annoying watching this all unfold, is that... In exchange for players agreeing to wear mics on the ice, none of the audio captured can legally be used in connection with disciplinary action from the Department of Player Safety. Um, That was written into the CBA in 2005 with the collective bargaining agreement. So legally, they can't use that. Even though it has been confirmed, yes, they looked back at the audio and he did say it. Like, it wasn't just Cole uh, Perfetti. They confirmed it, but legally, it can't be used for disciplinary action. So we which, know which he is, did Which is it. fair. We, we fair. know he did it on purpose, but no no suspension, no no penalty, nothing? Well, you can't... The, the penalty is, is one thing, but you can't, you can't suspend, um, you know... You like you can't go out there and suspend guys because of because they were caught on on it. Someone wearing a mic. Um, because first of all, if that's the case, you have to make it known to every single player on both teams going into games on who's mic'd up. And then secondly, I think you'd see a lot of guys refuse to to be mic'd up because you know. Oh yeah, uh, and that's exactly why it's in the CBA that yeah. they're like this it's just used as a thing to be it's cool to have guys mic'd up but then the players are worried about you know getting caught doing something but 
Yeah. And obviously he can't do anything about it, but does it not look fucked up that he just high-sticked a, a young, talented forward? Like, probably their youngest player on their roster at the moment, right in the face for something that he had nothing to do with. And mm. and there's nothing come of it, not during the game, not after the game, well, nothing. My my question is, why didn't Perfetti, you know, say something to one of his teammates? Why didn't any of the Winnipeg Jets players who saw it happen go out there and do something? Like it's it should and, be and on I, I and I believe they be I believe that, that it should be on the Boy. league or the refs. Like somebody's well, the league can police the but game. But again, you you like it's that's it's not a suspendable thing like guys get high sticked off face-offs all the time so a suspend like the fine i mean is, is the the most they could give him because you i mean you just can't suspend you, a guy for because you'd be getting suspensions handed out left and right for well, guys getting high sticked off. but that's the thing they can't because but they can't use the the clip of him telling me he's doing it on purpose even if they don't, so use they can't that, be used. It can't be used against them. I like to think they could they could get away with the suspension without using the audio because I, if, if you watch I the think clip, he would have never goes for the puck at all. The stick goes. I think he could have. He could have gotten suspension if Perfetti didn't come out and say that that he caught him mic'd up saying that. Because now, if he was to get suspended, it would be a whole. Well, you, you now you're using the the audio against me when you're not allowed to. So I think if Perfetti kept his mouth shut about it, he might've gotten a suspension, but as soon as he came out and said it, that completely erased any, uh, any, any discussion for him to be suspended. And the worst they could do was uh, dish out, out a fine. Yeah. As for the refs, like could be done for this at the moment. I would just like to see anything from the league. I don't even know if they've like really, even acknowledged its existence for most of this, but I would just love to see them take any step forward to be like, we're going to do something to make sure this doesn't happen again. I don't think you can though. Like what, 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 what can you, there's not much they can do to prevent players from, and this is like the first time we've ever heard of something like this. Like I, I, I it's not going to become a common trend in the NHL. Like it's, you know, Ryan I, I Hartman's his think own. This is the first time we've heard of it. I don't think it, uh, this is even close. To well, yeah, yeah, happened. it's the yeah. No, the I mean, in, in the fact of a, a guy actually like telling someone. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like again, there's not much the league can do. Like I said, I feel like Hartman probably would have got a suspension if if it wasn't made clear that he was caught on the mic. Uh, saying that, like we've we've seen guys before get. Uh, a one game suspension or some off a of face off if they, you know, purposely do something like we've seen it happen before. Um, I'm just really shocked that the refs missed it because like the, the face off is the focal point of what's happening in the game right now. And, and I don't, right I don't get out both. Like, well, the lines, the linesman can't, can't call it, but both refs like are watching the face off. So I'm not sure how both refs, um, Missed that. Like, it, I'm just blown away. Both well, even if a linesman that. can't call it, surely if a linesman, you know, hears something worthy of a, you know, a gross misconduct or something, they can tell the ref to call it. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure if the linesman heard it, they would have. My assumption is that the linesman probably didn't, didn't hear it. 
Because I don't know if it was like as they were going up to the face off, like they were skating up to it, or if they were at the. I think the it was dot. kind you of said it like I'm not. I think it was kind I'm of like sure when I'm they're not. in that uh, they're like bent over, kind of getting ready for it, like the the um, the commercial breaks just ending, and they're kind of getting ready for it, but like the puck is still on the ice, like the ref hasn't picked it up to do the face off yet. Yeah, it's kind of in that weird middle ground, but either yeah, way, yeah. it's uh. You'd love It'll to just see be interesting to take a step to try and make sure that some of these situations don't happen again. You know, it's, I, uh, I don't know if there's any way they can though. Like I'm trying to think of a realistic way, and it's just, you know, the most they can do is if it happens again, you know, suspensions. Like that's yeah. There's not much more they can do, and like I said, the only reason he wasn't suspended probably is just because they can't use that that clip against him. Now that yeah. it, now that it was was out there and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a very overall weird and bizarre situation. I believe that uh, Minnesota and Winnipeg. I mean, they're in the same division, so I'm pretty sure they have an, at least one more game against each other this season. So, you know, <laughs> I'm assuming something playoffs. Yeah, I'm assuming there will probably be something that's going to come from. The next game they play, um, you know, Hartman's kind of made his his bed and he's going to have to go out there and line it. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to, to, to avoid. And whether it's, you know, right off the beginning of the game, it's, you know, him and a guy like Brendan Dillon fight and then the fight's done and that's the end of it. Or if it's a, a thing that, you know, progresses across the entire game, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to see how the Winnipeg Jets respond to it uh, the next time they play. Yeah. And um, one other thing I'm just going to throw in there that I forgot to mention is that um, I know a lot of people kind of think that, uh, you know, well, the Wild have to do something. Uh, Kaprizov's out. Like, they, you have to do some sort of retaliation. In that first game where after Brendan Dillon uh, cross-checked him and Kaprizov was out, um, one, I can't remember the guys on the Jets who started it, who, like, initiated the fight, but Brendan Dillon and somebody ended up fighting not too long later. And uh, Pat not, Maroon. Uh, was it Brendan Dillon and Pat Maroon? Yeah. Because I know there was two fights. So Dillon and Maroon, and then there was another fight not long after that, I believe, in that game. Um, um, in, in that game, it was just the, the one. Oh, no, it was oh, uh, Jacob Middleton. Sorry, it was Jacob Middleton that fought Brendan Dillon. Oh, okay. But yeah, that, that I, was the only fight in... That one, I'll just pull up the other one to see. I was gonna say because I did know that Maroon fought, so maybe he fought. He probably fought at the start of the next game. Then, yeah, right off the face off of the in the first period in the yeah. the the fought the second game. Uh, him and Adam Lowry fought. Yeah, so it's you know there was two separate fights where you're trying to trying to get that payback. So I don't you know whether or not you thought it was even at that point. Obviously, their best player out for one to two weeks, but. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Hartman, you can't do that. Yeah. Um speaking about the Minnesota Wild, um so as of right now they are currently in a game with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The funny thing with the Minnesota Wild right now and I think this might be this might be like um at like an NHL record or could be pretty pretty close. Um so I'm just getting the full numbers here. So in the game tonight, 
between the entire Minnesota roster that they're they're suiting up. Yeah. It has a total cap hit of 36.48 million dollars. What? They have which includes 11 players that are making under 1 million. And this goes to where wow. I think the NHL record might be, um, including dead cap from buyouts, um, being Zach Prezan, Ryan Suter, and then due to all their injuries, they have a cap hit of $50.943 million uh, not playing in this game. And that includes injuries to Jared Spurgeon, Kirill Kaprizov, Jonas Brodin, Matt Zuccarello, Philip Gustafson, Marcus Felino, and oh Vinci like- Letary. You just named their top six forwards and their top four D-men. Who's playing? Yeah. So Is that why Pat Maroon started the year so hot? He's just he's just logging 30 minutes a night? Well, no. The, all of these guys have been playing for the most part this season. These are a lot of recent are, injuries okay. to them. And then, we, and then we obviously know the 15 million uh, that are tied into the, the present suitor buyouts. Yeah. But like, that's, that's tough for Minnesota, man, to have that that much money sitting sitting on the shelf right now and like 30 36.4 million between your you know your 18 skaters and your two goalies going into tonight like that's a yeah, oof, no wonder, that's, that's a tough situation no for them right Faber now has been playing like 27 minutes a night for the last couple weeks like he's well and he he deserves like in my opinion he's their he's their best defenseman like he's yeah. already surpassed every other defense they have on on that team. So, and he's really? only continuing he, to get better. You think he's better than Spurgeon? Oh yeah. In in terms of, you know, I mean, maybe not the, like what he brings offensively. Like maybe Spurgeon's offensive game is a bit better. But in terms of a you know two way game or defensive game, I would take Brock Faber. In a heartbeat, he has Just, been he has been lights out for them. Uh, so yeah, uh, so that's that's tough for, for Minnesota. Games, yeah, that's that's rough. I had not heard about that. I knew they had some injuries, obviously, but nothing to that uh, to that level. Yeah, it's a tough uh, tough position for them to be in. Um, uh, do you want to talk about uh, the Jason Zucker news? Yeah, yeah. This is this is a a weird one. It's a weird situation. Um, so for, first and foremost, um, you know, we never want to prey upon um, injury to a player or celebrate uh, injuries that happen to players, obviously. Um, but if it was ever to happen to someone, it would be Nick Cousins. Um, but yeah, Jason Zucker has been suspended three games um, for his hit on Nick Cousins. And this took place after Nick Cousins dished out yet another uh, dirty hit on Arizona Coyotes defenseman uh, Yusuf Valimaki. Uh, Valimaki was already down and in a vulnerable position. And uh, I, Nick Cousins saw a green light to go in there. And uh, he it leaned in with his elbow first. He jumped up and the principal point of contact was the head of Valimaki. Uh, thankfully, Valimaki is is okay. Like, thank God he's okay because that could have been yeah. bad. And then immediately after that, you know, there there was no penalty getting called. It was the refs were going to let it go once again on Nick Cousins. 
Uh, so Jason Zucker took it upon himself to, to be the sheriff out there. And uh, it, it was a blindside hit. It was a dirty hit on Nick Cousins. Um, not knocked him out. It was actually kind of a, Did it knock a scary out? situation. You, you, you can see in, in one of the replays, you can see Nick Cousins, uh, his left hand, um, his glove did come off and you could see the the shakiness and like he wasn't able to control it, which is uh, the, the clear sign of, you know, unconscious for a little bit. Um, he does have a concussion. Um, so, you know, I mean, I, I think there's there's a lot to this whole situation. Like, yeah, a, a three game suspension for Jason Zucker is fair. Um, I think, that's fair. I, I think fair. due to Nick Cousins injury, I feel like that's the reason why he didn't uh get a suspension because i believe i still believe that what nick cousins did was was far worse because it was a clear intent to injure and and harm a young player whereas jason zucker it it wasn't it wasn't near as bad um but just the result of nick cousins injury is the the result of zucker's suspension but again this comes down to if immediately the refs blew the whistle and were calling a penalty i think zucker might have went in there and uh, maybe just wanted to fight him or something. I was going to say, the fact if the that, whistle was blown, Zucker would have thrown his gloves down and fought Cousins. Yeah. But since the play was still going, he was like, I'm going to go plaster this dude on the boards. Like, Yeah, and it, it was just unfortunate the, the way Cousins... Ball again. Yeah, and it was just unfortunate the way Cousins uh, hit the glass, and uh, that that's like ultimately what, what knocked him out. Um, but again, yeah, it's just if the refs are going to refuse to to call Nick Cousins on penalties for his dirty hits, this stuff is is going to keep happening over and over again. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, I concussions are a very serious thing. I hope Nick Cousins is okay. Um, hopefully he, you know, gets his shit together. Um, probably not because this is just the type of player he is. Um, yeah, I, hope, uh, I hope the concussion sucks just enough that he goes maybe i don't want to do this to anybody else you know yeah because like he could have he could have taken valamaki out for the entire season like that was a, oh, yeah. one of the most dangerous hits you can do and what valamaki he did to fall, he didn't fall down right before the hit he was on his knees for like a good two to three seconds sliding over to the boards and then the whole way nick cousins all he saw was oh yeah beam this dude in the head so. Yeah, Nick Cousins went in with the the full intent of I see a player in a vulnerable position, I'm going to light him up, and and that's exactly what he did. So I, I'm not even going to be like the Arizona Coyotes, like yeah, geez. like I'm not even going to sit there and be like, oh, bad on Zucker. You know what? At the end of the day, he's out there. He was brought in to to be a leader for these young guys, protect them. That's exactly what he did. And again, I think if the refs were calling a penalty on Cousins. Zucker wouldn't do something like that because he wouldn't want to hinder his team. He would be like, you know what? Let's just fight. And a fighting, but yeah, no, I don't think Nick cousins would have a concussion unless Zucker really tagged him in the fight. I think it just would have been a fight and that would have been it. But yeah. So, you know what I got to, again, you know, it's one of the very, very few times we say this uh, when a player gets suspended uh, but but props to to Jason Zucker there, because that's uh, yeah, I, I I like what he. I yeah. mean, you know, 
he could have so gone about weird. it a better I way. I, but... Like, I don't want to condone that, but also, like, you got to stick up for the guys. And it was a, like, I think Valimaki's fairly young too, right? Yeah. Like, he's one of the young guys on the Coyotes, and, like, he's trying to protect them. And it's... If anything, it's a bad look on the refs more than anyone. Absolutely. Every single time something like this happens, it just makes the refs of the NHL look like more and more of a joke. Like, when was the last time we went a weekly podcast without mentioning at least two separate situations like this? Like, it's it's kind of goofy how often we're talking about, man, this guy got high stick, this guy got checked from behind right into the boards, this guy got hit while down, run behind the net, and, like, what what's the worst call on the play for any of those? Two minutes for charging? Like... Yeah. They, oh, they got yo, the athletic... Up. The Athletics got to chill. They got to stop with these. I just got a notification from them. And you know how when you get a notification, like, it'll um, it'll only show what can fit into, like, the notification thing? Yeah, yeah. And then the rest of the headline will be left out. Um, so this, I think this is referring to... Um, and, and, you know, we talked about the all-star game before we start recording, we're going to do a whole separate episode once we've got the actual full rosters, um, or at least players for it. Um, so I'm assuming this is in relation to Bedard, who's going to be now the youngest, um, player to ever play in the all-star game. And so the cap, like the notification thing just says Blackhawks, 18 year old rookie sensation edges, Sabres, Jeff Skinner. Come on, man. what what a what a fucking weird, weird way to word it, and that's all I can see for it. So if you're not get, a diehard hockey fan, and you team, see that, like I get the point of saying like a team edges another one out in like a close game. It doesn't work in the same in the same <laughs> context of a play. Even if a guy barely beats him, you say like he he snuck past him or something. Not he edges him. Like come on, yeah. man. Yeah, they know right. what they're doing. They think it's oh, they one hundred percent do. They one hundred percent know what they're doing. Oh God. Um, holy shit! This, this is completely relevant, but I'm just I just saw it right now Pittsburgh's beating uh, Boston six five right now. That's nuts. What a game! It was it was four two earlier. I was really hoping the the Penguins would. Uh be able to close it out you just fucking know boston's taking it to ot at the minimum god yeah every time they lose it's in overtime these freaking guys man yeah um so i think we've only got a couple things left uh just one to to throw out there um lucas dostal saved 55 of 57 shots um in anaheim's loss to toronto the other night um lights out that that set an anaheim Ducks record. I believe it's for most saves by goalie in a single game, if I'm not mistaken. That's actually crazy considering some of the goaltenders. I gotta think though, like 55, 55 is quite high though. And that relies on a lot of the the opposing team like getting a lot of shots. I like when Anaheim had their their good goalies, like they were they had a good team in, in front. They it's not very often you would see them uh you know, have that have 50 plus shots against like that. No, you just in my head, you know, a record like that on that, a franchise, you know, like that would, you know, a J, JS Jagir or something would be up there. 
but uh, yeah, good for good for Dostal. He played really well that game. And fucking uh, the Toronto Sun puts out a thing saying Austin Matthews saves the day in overtime after no-name goalie vexes Maple Leafs. Like he's not a a no-name goalie. He's better than he's bro, better than any goalie Toronto's had in the last twenty years. Like, bro, even if he is a no-name goalie, which I don't think he is, bro, you can't say that. You're a freaking yeah. newspaper, I mean, not some, well, some weeb tweeting it. It's the Toronto Sun, and they've they have a history of throwing out some some garbage headlines and garbage articles, and they completely leave out the fact that. You know, Toronto was given five power plays to Anaheim's two. It took a, a in my opinion, I'm not even sure it was a great call, but to give uh, uh, Toronto, Toronto power play to tie the game, and then they they won it in overtime because Austin Matthews has a great one timer. Like, uh, it's just to rag on a goalie like that. It's like, come on, man. He almost single handedly just. Like, what would their headline have been if he shut out Toronto and had a 57-save shutout? Like, Honestly, it was probably ready to be the exact same thing. Fucking Toronto gets beat. Toronto edged by no-name goalie. Yeah, Toronto gets edged by no-name goalie. Toronto Honestly, edges. probably would be. Um, What yeah. else do we got here, though? Uh, Max Pacioretty returned the other night and played a game for the Washington Capitals. Oh, he did, actually. Almost that is an right. entire year. Uh, out of commission with an Achilles tear. Uh, before that, I believe last year he had uh, five games. Three. Uh, played. I'm pretty three sure. games played. He was out for, with an Achilles injury, came back, played three games for the Hurricanes, another Achilles tear, and then he's been out until the other night where he played for Washington. So good for him for sticking with it. Like a lot of guys would tear their Achilles twice and be like, this is freaking brutal i'm done but he keeps coming back after injuries and i really hope he can shake it off this time like yeah yeah you can only be hopeful for it but yeah 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 no good on good on patches for coming back and that's a huge addition to the capitals who have have really been struggling to to score goals this year so hopefully he can uh you know, add a little little bit of firepower to that team that's desperately looking for some. Yeah. Um, do you have anything you want to get to before I get into the NHL stat leaders? I have I have one more thing. Yeah. Um sure. so the, and this is a hill I will I will con- I will die on. Like I will c- constantly stand for this. All right. I am a firm believer that wins are not a goal are are not a goaltender stat. Like I believe when you you look at you know the the common thing of who should win the Vezina is always oh which goalie has the most wins I don't I don't like that I don't buy into it and we have a perfect example in the NHL right now um, and it actually pertains to one of the stats leaders um, so currently leading the NHL in wins is Alex Georgiev um, he is with twenty. Uh, two two ahead of uh, the guys tied for second. Out of goalies, guess where he ranks in save percentage? I mean, it's way too low, but it would be funny if it was 53, right? 38. 
38 okay that's that's still lower than my actual guess would have been 38th in the in the in save percentage in the league with an 898 and he's first in wins yeah so like it, it like it, it's people be like oh he's got 20 wins he's a good goalie no he's uh i mean he's still at like he, he's he's an above average goalie who's on a team that goes out there and wins games you know five four or or whatever like it, it's it's he's yeah. not and you know i don't watch enough colorado games um may, maybe it's you know he, maybe he's getting a lot of breakaways on him or two on ones but then at that point then it's on the defenseman but i also know that it does avalanche like fans would never be like a decent bit but i know avalanche fans would never be like oh it's not on Makar, byram gerard like they they love their offensive defense and their their guys that go and put up a lot of points yeah um but yeah, like wins are not a goal. Like yeah, like wins are not a a goalie stat. They're one hundred percent a team stat that the goalie just gets gets labeled with. I I do enjoy uh, keeping track of the wins for goalies, but I completely agree with the sentiment of them not being a goalie stat. In that you can't say that a goalie's good because he had the most, or you can't say a goalie's bad because he doesn't have as many. Uh, because it it does depend a lot more on the overall team versus only the goaltender. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's to a much lesser degree, but you could make that argument for things like save percentage or goals against average. Because you know, if if you're you know facing thirteen shots a game and you get a shutout versus you know Lucas Dostal saving fifty out of fifty shots then, you know, it's a, it's a lot different. But, mm-hmm. and the quality of shot and everything also plays into it. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with uh, wins not uh, really reflecting what a goalie does. Yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, man, this is the perfect opportunity for me to really drive home my point. And uh, not many people can can say otherwise to it. Um, one other thing, actually, uh, okay, well, actually two, uh, first one's a quick one. It's just a little bit of a a surprising one. Um, so last night, Austin Matthews scored his, uh, his 30th goal of the season, which does have him leading in goals. The crazy thing though, is that was his first game winning goal of the season, (laughs) Dude, which I thought was pretty, he's got 30. Right, I thought that was pretty, um, pre- pretty, pretty interesting. That, uh, yeah, he's, he's that was his first um, game-winning goal this season. Wow. Considering I'd be, he's, I'd be surprised if you said that was his first overtime winner of the season, let alone game-winning goal. Like that's that's crazy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, good. I mean, I mean, good on Matthews for finally getting one. That helps his. Uh, his case a little bit more for for maybe the heart down down the road um uh, where was the other one a tough sell though yeah 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 that 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 is true um and then what was the the other one i had was where was it here i just had it come back oh yeah um i don't know if you heard about what uh it's funny enough we're going back to toronto and their zero goaltending um scenarios um so elliot friedman um 
said that Toronto Maple Leafs GM Brad Tree Living offered several teams a six-round pick for a goalie to which every team declined uh, as Brad Tree Living was hoping that one team would be desperate enough to move one. And those goalies, um, some of the goalies that were mentioned, he, he tried to acquire for a six-round pick was Dan Vladar from the Calgary Flames, Jake Ottinger from the Montreal Canadiens, Eric Comrie from I'm, the I'm Buffalo sorry. Sabres. Who? Oh, Jake Allen from the Canadiens. Yeah. I, sorry, I thought you said Jake Ottinger, and I was like, no way, they just lowballed. No, it's Jake Allen. Okay. And then Anton Forsberg from the Senators. So, like, all pretty decent goalies who can fetch way more than a six-round pick. Um, yeah. And, I mean, Brad Tree Living's not the type of GM, really, to, to go out and move first-round picks or, or whatnot. Like, he tries to to get guys for the lowest value possible, which which is just kind of his his natural thing. He's the exact opposite of, of Kyle Dubas. But I mean, that's yeah. ridiculous to think you can go out and get a, a competent NHL starter in, in some of those guys for only a six round pick. Like Brad, that ain't happening. Yeah. I could see the argument for a Dan Vladar, but not even because of his skill level, only because of the cap situation they're in and the having Dustin Wolf, in uh, the AHL for the Flames, them wanting to bring him up uh, once uh, Markstrom's back. If Markstrom's back, I'm not actually sure. Yeah. But even then, you could get more than a sixth. You could, if you really want to move Vladar, you turn around to uh, any other team that needs a goalie and say, give me a second for Vladar, and they say, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, right? That's, uh, that's uh, but with that, that was that was the last um, bit of bit of news I had. Yeah, I think that covers pretty much everything until we cover uh, more World Juniors uh, in our next episode that'll come out soon. Um, yeah. Before we wrap up here, I will read off some of the NHL uh, stats leaders as of uh, January fourth here. All right, so for points uh, in first, second, and third, we got Nikita Kucherov with 63, Nathan McKinnon with 61, closing that gap, and Connor McDavid with 53. He is in the top three. Yeah. He's just hit uh, career point number 900. We didn't mention that as well. Yeah, well, we're uh, going to have to put a a lot of time aside if we're talking about every time Connor McDavid reaches a career milestone. You know what? Yeah, good point. Good point. (laughs) I mean, 900 already is wild. Um, For goals, uh, like you said, Austin Matthews with 30. In second, Nikita Kucherov with 27. And in third, we have a tie between Sam Reinhart and Brock Besser, both with 24. Uh, For plus minus, we got... In first, second, and third, we got Quinn Hughes with 26, Dylan DeMello with 25, and Josh Morrissey with 23. Uh, for, actually, I have a separate tab open for this because I don't like the way ESPN categorizes their save percentage because it doesn't have a minimum games played. Uh, for a minimum of 20 games played, uh, the lead leaders in save percentage are in first, we got Cam Talbot with a 925. In second, Connor Hellebuck with a 920. 
And in third, Connor Ingram with a, also 9-2-0. So good for, good for all those goaltenders. Putting up a 9-20 in Arizona, by the way. Connor Ingram. Two I mean, points like on the, the year. This guy's got double assists. The Coyotes aren't, aren't even a bad team, though. Like I think they're they're still just getting memed as a bad team on time, but like it's it's they're in a playoff spot. They've been playing well. Like yeah, no, they they're are they're a good, a good defensively built team. You just get used to calling teams bad. You know, I'll say the same thing about yeah. Philadelphia, even though they're in the playoffs as well. There's a, there's some surprisingly good and surprisingly bad teams this year. Yeah, not as predictable as uh, often is. Um, that's all I got for the uh, stats. Oh. Oh, never mind. I was looking at the wrong. Game. I was gonna be like, "Oh shit, Boston sent it to overtime." No, they didn't. You're damn right, mind. they didn't. Um, but yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up everything we had for for this episode here. Like we mentioned, uh, we will be coming out with more of a whole World Juniors um, breakdown, kind of of the whole tournament, because there's uh, a lot of big moments that happen, a lot of crazy upsets, um, and we still got. Uh, two more final games to be played and then we will be able to uh, to dive into all of that um but once again thank you to everybody for listening to another episode of the stick em up podcast our first episode of 2024 um so right on big ups to right all of you there for for supporting us through this and helping us get to to this moment here um we have a lot of great things planned for this year um but with that, as always, if you want to, um, you can join in on conversations with us over on Instagram or Twitter slash X at SEU Hockey. Um, we have been starting to get a little more active on there um, as of lately. Uh, so if you want to join in there, uh, let us know what you want to talk about. If you want to shit talk us, that's fine, too. We're, uh, we're open to, to any positive or negative criticism. Um, with that, Brayden, you got anything to... Uh, nothing other than I hope Tampa Bay is, wins tonight against uh, Minnesota, who is apparently pl- paying more money for people who aren't playing for them than are playing for them tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let you get off to catch that game here. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, probably have some out for you in the next couple of days uh, with some World Juniors content. Pretty, so we'll see you then. Juicy.